0: Thank you. and I am so excited to have you back here for another episode of this beautiful show all about amplifying women's voices and uplifting their stories. Um, It is such an exciting episode this week. Um, This week, I get to interview an incredible woman. I mean, pretty much every week when I'm not doing my individual episodes, I get to interview an incredible woman, but I am so excited about this interview with Cara Charisse. Uh, she is the CEO and founder of Pretty Passionate. It's a global personal development media company, and Kara is just a powerhouse. She talks about her journey Uh, Redefining leadership in this episode, she uh, really started working in uh, marketing with major brands and corporations and helping them to earn millions of dollars uh, by monetizing their content and taking strategic action as she puts it, through execution of marketing campaigns. So we get into her experience working with Essence, CoverGirl, L'Oreal Paris, Ulta Beauty, and State Farm, um, and working on their, uh, you know, marketing campaigns and how she really transformed her life to launch her own brand and how Kara really uh, studied people's personal development and studied, you know, how people develop and how they evolve. And so we really get into all of that in this conversation. We get into representation and vulnerability. We talk about, you know, our new normal life right now. And we also get into racial dynamics, which is just so wonderful to talk about right now when it is more important than ever that women of color be at the forefront of uh, leadership development and leadership experiences. So I am so grateful. Grateful for Cara, um, to Kara for coming on this show, and I just know you're going to love this interview. So enjoy this episode with Kara Sharice. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so so thrilled to have you here. Um, I am just going to jump in because just through reading your bio, I'm so excited to talk to you about all of these things. So I wanted to start with pretty passionate because that is your baby right now. That is your brand. So what is Pretty Passionate um, for the people who do not know you and who are listening to your voice for the first time?
1: Absolutely. So thank you so much for that lovely introduction. And thank you for the work that you're doing with the Growing Growing Women podcast. Absolutely amazing. Um, You know, just more, we need more platforms like this that are amplifying our voices as women. Um, And I'm just super excited to be here. So when it comes to Pretty Passionate, Pretty Passionate is the number one destination for personal development for women. Women of all races, all colors, all creeds, all uh, ages. And basically, how we work with women a lot of times, especially in the personal development space especially for me as I was growing up, a lot of times we would see people say, follow your passion, go after your dreams, do amazing things in life. But the person who's actually saying this are is a man. And then on top of that, it's typically a white male, you know, and they have amazing things to say and amazing perspectives. But sometimes it's hard to make that connection because you may feel like, well, he doesn't have to raise children. So he doesn't know my struggle or you know, he You right. can't really relate to this person per se and so growing up, you know, I Was very heavily into personal development and I was looking for something a reflection of, of me, you know How can I attain and get to my next level in life? How can I keep climbing and tap into my full potential? How can I overcome fear? And how can I figure out exactly how to do that? And then on top of that, where are there just a community of women who I can build with and who want the same thing? And I realized a few years ago, four years, I've had the brand that there was nothing out there. And so I had to create it. (laughs) Right. Isn't that
0: the hardest part when you're like, oh shit, like I have to be the person to do
1: this. (laughs) oh it's on me um yeah so you know and that's how pretty passionate came to be so to speak just a very short version of it and like i said it's a personal development personal development brand um, and community with we have members all around the world so it's a membership platform as well as a media company and we really hold hands and we help them to launch businesses and to take their businesses to the next level but we do it in a very unique way because a lot of times we want to focus on the tactics starting business and like the strategies and the business plans and all of those things, but we're forgetting the internal work that needs to happen and the mindset shifts, you know, the beliefs that we have to overcome so that we can really thrive in that space. And so that's yeah, really passionate.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for that incredible outline. And I'm excited to talk to you about some of the programs that you have. through pretty passionate, but I wanted to explore what led you to creating this because you did touch on the fact that you, were very passionate about personal development growing up but you always had these fear blockers um and you were just trying to I love how the way you put it like kind of trying to dissect like how to get past these fears um so I would love to know where did you grow up and and what were you like as a kid where you were super passionate about all this stuff and and how how did you evolve in that way
1: yeah, you know, it's so interesting. So I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. So I went to, to elementary school in Newark. I went to college in Montclair, Montclair State University, anyone who's familiar with New Jersey, I went to college there. And throughout my life, you know, I've just been exposed to an array of different people. But a lot of times um, from my elementary school years and high school years and then my college years, once I got to college, it, it just opened up a completely different world me in terms of the people that i was engaging with and you know just different thought patterns and so forth and so but growing up i was always so attached to marketing and like media and like magazines really and so just to take a step back so pretty passionate kind of came out of almost came secondary to my love for magazines and media and so in high school, I remember I was like I had a pink bedroom, like all yes, all four walls were pink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Cheeto orange, with okay. <laughs> mag with magenta stripes on the bottom. My poor mom, I love like. It. <laughs>
1: Just <laughs> she, do this herself. Like she painted this. And oh, I paint
0: She. There's no way she would have been like, "Yes, I'll paint this cheeto orange room for you." I was the one who painted it. But so I feel you with the hot pink co- color and everything.
1: Oh my god. So my room was pink, and I remember just having stacks and stacks of magazines, flipping through magazines, plastered all over my walls, and always thinking about, "Oh my god, what would it be like to work in New York City?" You know, and literally, oh,
0: I, I feel you so hard. This is exactly how I was. Oh my god. Yeah. Like
1: <laughs> oh my god, like celebrities and photo shoots and fashion, and I was just like so. I became so obsessed with it. And um, so when I got to to college, I kind of went as just um, because I'm kind of taking you all the way back here. I yeah. went as a, I uh, I went to go as a pediatrician. So I went as a uh, uh oh my goodness, I went I went to go as a pediatrician. So that was what I was studying. And it yeah. was the, until I took a class to uh, it was a marketing class. And I fell in love with the content, with uh, my professor, just his way of teaching it. And so from there, I was like, okay, marketing it is. Because I had a love for magazines and advertising, you immediately go to, oh, I gotta be a model, or oh, I gotta be in fashion, without really being exposed to what's actually behind the scenes. that kind of how my, that's kind of how like my marketing career started.
0: Yeah.
1: I did internships and I was just always very driven and always very passionate. And it wasn't until I got in my marketing career where I started to be exposed to just people living life in a very big and vibrant way. And where I grew up, I didn't have, I didn't see that a lot, you know, where I grew up, everyone was working and they were working to pay the bills. And as long as you pay the bills and you had a little fun on the weekends, that was, that was life, you know? But when I started to work in the industry and I made my way to New York city and being exposed to different conversations and celebrities and even people behind the scenes, photographers, just living very, just full of life. And I was like, and traveling and doing amazing things. And I was like, whatever it is, this person has, I want it. <laughs> mm. Like I want to be able to love what I'm doing and really live life in a very big and, and bold way. And so that was what I like to call began my quest um, down the personal development kind of lane. And I just began to ask myself the question, why are certain people more successful than others? How is it that certain people can live these very big, bold and beautiful lives versus other people who t- typically, you know, sometimes don't. And with that research, again, this has been 10 years in the making, um, is where kind of pretty passionate was born ultimately.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can so relate to your story <laughs> about, cause I was the same way. I mean, I was obsessed with magazines. I, I'm from California and I was like, I'm going to live in New York city one day. Like that's just <laughs> how it is. And, um, I can so relate to also this examination of how people are successful or live their lives. That's one of the reasons why I started this show. Like (laughs) I wanted to know how people got to where they are. And so it's great to hear from you that you have that curiosity because I think a lot of people have that curiosity about people who live their lives fully. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what did you find out in your research and how did that translate into your own life?
1: Absolutely. So over the years in my research, I, I drew a lot into uh, a lot of spirituality. So I'm, I'm very spiritual. Um, my spiritual relationship, you know, just believing in something bigger, believing in purpose, believe, believing that we are actually you know, born here and brought to this world to actually do something really big and we have something to contribute to the world. And sometimes people don't feel that they can actually have anything to contribute. They don't feel they have talents or, you know, skills or gifts, but we all do. And so leaning a lot into my spirituality, also uh, metaphysics, universal law, um, even like, like uh, wellness, what I uh, realized, and really, I started to uh, study a lot of successful people. And a lot of times I, what I find, especially with like my members and my students and people that I talk to, we want to mimic or we imitate, you know, because we're inspired, we'll imitate what these people are doing on the outside. Right. So we'll try to wear the, the nice clothes and we'll maybe get the nice apartment or drive the fancy car or start the business. But what we fail to do and try to imitate or replicate is what they're doing internally. Right. So what are they doing at home behind yeah. the behind the doors um, when we don't see them? Because what the reality is is that what we see in the physical, so the nice clothes or them being able to travel or, you know, these things, that is the fruit of what they're doing behind the doors, you know, behind closed doors. And so over my years, I began to really research successful people, but then also people in my life. I had a lot of mentors Thank God, you know, people were just kind of drawn to me, But I guess, because they saw my ambition and they saw I was willing to roll up my sleeves and do the work. And so a lot of people just really wanted to help. But I would ask, you know, I would ask them, like, what are you doing? Like, what does your prayer life look like? What does, you know, uh, do you meditate? How do you stay calm? How do you armor up before you go out into your day? Like, how are you always so happy and you're never seen, you know, irritated or whatever the case is? And so with that research, I discovered, you know, a lot of the things that people are doing behind closed doors. And so that's a lot of what we talk about with Pretty Passion as well. Not okay. trying to imitate what we see on the outside because those things are the after. That's like the fruit of what you're doing behind closed doors, whether it's your morning routines, your prayer life, your meditation, um, mindset work, journaling, you know, that personal development work. So
0: yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you so much for outlining that. And I love that you're um, a very curious person. It seems like you're very interested in what other people are doing in their lives to create goodness and happiness and um, stability and peace. (laughs) I'm curious, when you were working in your marketing career, were there any moments where you had some really big challenges around personal development? um, When you were? I think it's very easy to look at other people's lives and be like, Oh, why not me? You know, or, or it's like easy to be stunted by maybe a lack of progress or something like that. Yeah. Have there been moments that have been challenging for you in your personal development, getting to a point where you're launching pretty passionate and you're in this marketing career? um, Were there any things that popped up for you that were really challenging?
1: absolutely man there were a ton there's a time like where do i even like begin so many you know challenges and obstacles but as we all know the key is to keep going and so one of them that i talk a lot about is my fear with public speaking honestly Mm -hmm. and before when i like started out like when i graduated college i was terrified to speak in front of people to do presentations to do anything of that sort but i knew that if i wanted to excel in my career And then as I got into my career, ultimately in the work that I would be doing with Pretty Passionate and beyond, I had to overcome this fear. I had to push through. And so that road really began for me when I started my career in marketing and marketing and advertising, because I would have to present to clients, I would have to present to higher ups, you know, to kind of get over that fear. And it was almost like a practice for me for what I am doing now. So that was one of the obstacles that I really had to like, push through and why I talk so much about fear because again with fear as we know fear can hold us back from really stepping into our full potential and doing some amazing things in life and had I let that fear of public speaking stop me I might not have climbed the 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 ladder within my career that I was able to climb and work at these amazing companies that I was able to work at and I probably wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing with pretty passionate so uh, I talk a lot about fear because those that's one of the major things that tends to stop people from really yeah. elevating and moving through their life. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. Everything is full of purpose. And I really started to understand that like midway in my career. And I remember going for my dream job and I went and I went and I interviewed and I'm going through the process and I knew someone there. So he's like, it's good. You're good. Don't worry. And I'm going through the process. And I was the current job I was at, I was having a very hard time at that job in my career for a number of reasons. And so I was at the place I was like, I, I just got to get out of here. <laughs> and so I was like, really, one thing I got to get out of here, but really counting on this new position, because it was my dream job. And long story short, they ended up giving the position to someone else. Hmm. And so I was like, devastated. But I told myself, I said, you know, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to feel it for a day and I'm going to keep going. You know, God has something probably better for me or the timing just isn't right. And so in that time, I stayed at my current position and they brought in a new kind of uh, director who will be my direct support. And in that I was there for maybe another six months and I learned so much stuff within that Mm -hmm. six six months later, the job who had chose someone else ended up emailing me. And saying hey we have another we have this position open and you were the first person we thought of would you like to hear more about it long story short I went in I mean because absolutely it's my dream job <laughs> <laughs> I went in I spoke to them and I got the job and so that was for me that could have been a breaking point for a lot of people yeah, you feel yeah. Devastated. you question yourself are you good enough maybe and I did have a moment where I was like "Is marketing for me you know but I was like there's something better or there's a reason for this. And then come to find out whatever I had to learn in that six month span, I was able to take with me to my new, my new position. So,
0: I love this story because it shows that sometimes patience is key. Mm-hmm. And also because I think we want things to happen immediately sometimes in life. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're going for something that's your dream, you're like, invested in that tremendously and you want that to happen. So when something doesn't happen that you've invested so much in, it can be really easy to totally give up or have a sour attitude or or just, you know, blame other people. Um so I really commend you for doing what you did in that situation. So I love how you outline the fact that um you waited and we talk about patience in life and having patience in life when something's difficult Uh, and i love that through that patience you ended up getting a new opportunity um, even though that time was challenging for you i would love to talk about your career in marketing um i know that you've worked with some incredible companies what exactly were you doing for them And how did your career evolve?
1: Yeah, so, you know, that's really interesting. So as a marketing, advertising and marketing, in my role with these particular companies, it was my job to basically work with brands such as like some of the top brands that we know. I worked on a lot of beauty accounts and to basically help them with their marketing efforts, whether it's a new product that they wanted to launch or a new effort. So they would literally come to me and I would create the idea. So create, ultimately create the vision. So if it's a lipstick, wow. they are like, I want to reach young girls between the ages of 18 and 25. So they would come to me and I would create the vision. So this is what we're going to do. This is how the program's going to work. We're going to be on social media, X, Y, and Z. Then I would go and present that idea to them. We would go back and forth until it got to a place that they loved it. And then I would actually go out and execute it. So if it was, if in the vision I put, we would have a, ad in the magazine we would do a 15 second video clip on social media I would actually go out get the production team that's going to help me produce this video clip get the photographers that's going to help me take photos of the ads and which is what is like so amazing though with that is that literally what I did in my marketing career is what I do now in my business right you know I ultimately but help them position themselves as a brand but overall like for your life overall. So I help them create a vision. So what is that vision that you want for your life? Then I help them to actually create the strategy, right? So how are we going to take this vision that we've created and now bring it into your reality? So this is the strategy. And then I work with them to overcome the fears and the beliefs and all of those things so that they can actually go in action to actually execute it. So yeah.
0: I love that so (laughs) much that what a beautiful marriage of your two lives. And the way that you have essentially set up like a life marketing plan for people like like I love that so much, and um I think it's really wonderful that you can recognize your skill sets and recognize that you're good at things because you're good at marketing you're you're so good at it. You're basically implementing it into your company in the same format, like you just said. Um, and I think it's so great to, uh, embrace our strengths and brag about them and talk about them. Um, what, where does that show up in your work? I mean, obviously you're a very confident person and now you're, helping people embrace fear. So what do you see when working with people who might be a little bit too hesitant to brag about their
1: skills? You know, I so I wasn't always a person who was super confident, who was super clear on what my skills were. And I, I feel like we all possess four key things. We have skills, we have talents, we have capabilities, we have gifts. And so they're they're broken down into four different things. And so I wasn't a person who always knew what my skills, my talents, my gifts, my, you know, what those things were for me. And it wasn't until I started to do a lot of this personal development work and until I started to actually just do it right. Like when I had an idea, I would just do it. And then the response I would get from people is when I started to be like, oh, Right. You got power. Wait, this, this might work, you know? And so it wasn't until the, those moments that I knew like, oh, wow, this is, this is something here. Maybe I should spend more time here and start to develop it. And well, is it just this person? And so I would say whatever I said to the next person or work with another client in the way I work with this person and we would get the same results. So they would feel the same feeling and I would be like whoa okay you know let let's keep going here and so once that started happening then quite naturally that's when your confidence continues to build
0: oh I love that so much that um action is really what what creates your story you know like action taking action is the only way to do what you really want to do in life do you see that with your clients all the time
1: all the time. And, you know, one thing where we really start is helping people to embrace their story, you know, really embrace your story. And I know I used to hear this a lot. And again, being a marketer, it was all about the storytelling. And so it, it's, it amazes me to this day to see how so much of the last decade of my life is now showing up in my life's purpose and how I can apply it with the people that I work with and, and beyond. But it really embracing your story and I know for a long time I'm like okay my story my story but when we talk about your story we really go deep and we're like where you're from you know what's your background what's your religion what are some people you've helped in your past what are some things that you've had to overcome and your obstacles and really owning those things because what tends to happen is when you can really own your story and all the layers and sometimes we forget parts of our story so the way I work with um, my students who are part of the LEAP program is we have a whole week dedicated to our story, and they have a ton, like, a ton of questions, like a worksheet that really digs. And it says, what are some awards that you got as a kid? You know, what are some things that you remember doing, helping other kids around you? Did you ever do anything for your community? You know, um, obviously, what's your religion, what's your race, all of those things. Because what tends to happen with that when we can really unpack our story? And package it in a way, if we have a business or a brand or a product or project that we're launching, we can attach our story to that brand or product, and that creates the niche in the marketplace. So, for instance, with Pretty Passionate and with my brand, if I'm owning my story as a Black millennial woman who is from New Jersey and I am You know, I I don't have any children yet, but I'm moving through life, you know, working towards getting children and a husband. Someone is going to buy from me because they can identify with parts of my story. Maybe they're a black woman. Maybe they're a woman. Maybe they're a millennial. Maybe they don't yet have children or aren't yet married. And so they want to connect on that level. And so it's really powerful to uncover your story. And I work a lot with my students and my members that way because it helps to give you an edge. With your business, and so creates your own lane because there's no one else in the world, you know, with that story. Well,
0: I think it's also embracing vulnerability and embracing being vulnerable and open about who you are unapologetically. And that is something that I think in marketing, especially, can be very challenging if you're looking at branding something and, Mm -hmm. you know, the power of someone's story is everything. Um, and we're often challenging certain narratives by being vulnerable uh, and mm-hmm. and open and <laughs> honest with how we're feeling about things. So I love that you approach that fully in your business and with your students in I think your that program. You
1: also, and I think that what, what that allows you to do is also approach leadership from a different standpoint as well yeah yeah we talk about a lot with pretty passionate also we do a conversation series called 2020 impact and we talk a lot about leadership and redefining and reimagining what leadership looks like you know it's not you don't have to have all of the degrees and all of the experience to be uh, deemed a leader it's just the person who decided to go first you know and in oh wait can you
0: say (laughs) that again oh my god i love that
1: Yes, you don't. Like, you know, I think we tend to feel, oh, I don't have a certain level of education. I don't have the experience or I don't have the connections. So I'm not a leader. And that's not true. It's just the person who decided to go first. That that is, a, you know, and then because when you go first, especially for a cause that you really believe in or a purpose, there's going to be other people who are going to also take the step. You know, how many times are we somewhere and you're like the first person to walk up to to volunteer for something. And then now you have all of these other other people like, okay, I'll volunteer, too. In that moment, you are the leader because Mm -hmm. you're like, all right, I'll get up and I'll do it. You know, and so that's how life is. And I think as we go into like our new normal. Redefining what leadership is, you know, um, with everything happening with the pandemic, as well as things with the the racial pandemic as well, and Black Lives yeah. Matter. When we had this 2020 impact panel. It was myself and four other women, and we aren't anti-racism experts. You know, we aren't people who've had who who have degrees in this space, but we are people with a voice. We are, you know, we were women with a voice and with an experience and we decided to talk about it and it won't always look pretty, but to be okay with that. And that's what I think leadership in this new normal is going to require of us.
0: Yeah, I I 100% agree. I think it's creating space and for the conversation and, uh, engaging and listening and learning. And the event that you're talking about is under the 2020 Impact Program um, that you launched this year. Can you just quickly explain what that is?
1: Absolutely. So 2020 Impact is really just a, a, a movement of people in a platform that we're creating to have these personal development conversations. So a lot of times we look at different had different platforms like uh, stages or radio shows or events or you know actual live events and it isn't centered around personal development a lot of times there's a pocket a personal development or there may be a speaker but with 2020 impact we really wanted to create a community and a movement where, where this is an ongoing conversation personal development the issues that are happening in our world um kind of things that we're all struggling with as we transition into leadership into taking back our lives into stepping fully into the women we were born to be and so 2020 impact is the platform for us to use our voice and it you know it comes to life right now in rallies is what we call them, every month where we get together and talk about a particular uh, topic. But once the world opens up again, (laughs) we'll be (laughs) extended to several other extensions.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. I attended the first event that you guys had where you mentioned um, that you were talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and race. Mm -hmm. Um, And you weren't expecting to talk about that, but it just couldn't be ignored. And I loved that that was the topic and the case, because like you mentioned, um, it was women of all races and, and different backgrounds coming together to say, we are not experts on this. Like we are just having an open conversation and using our voices, which I think it is so important. And one of the things that I'm dedicated to with this show is uh, embracing stories from Black and Brown communities and women who represent those communities to ensure that their voices are heard, not just to have diversity, but to have inclusion and to be inclusive.
1: Right. So
0: in the vein of inclusivity, um, what is your hope with both 2020 Impact and the Pretty Passionate program um, when it comes to being inclusive with women in your programming?
1: Absolutely. You know, the platform, the brand, the company is 100% diverse and very inclusive. At the core, there is uh, uh, Black women or Black and Brown women are at the core because I am that woman. I feel that there's a a gap there in terms of pay uh, pay gap. You know, there's a gap in (sighs) terms <laughs> in terms of experiences what we have access to the type of health um, health care that we have access to the type of environments that we have access to live in, and so many other things there's a huge gap and so that's the only reason why black and brown women are at the core of it because we need to close that gap and by making the media company the brand the 2020 impact inclusive, no longer are we having these segregated conversations where the right. same information is, ge- is just being recycled.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. You know?
1: And the same experiences being recycled. The same mindset is just being recycled. The same uh, new ideas or ideas, so to speak, are being recycled. Now we can actually have a, a place where not only are we talking about the ideas and it's all mixed in and we're exposed because a lot of my life, and my journey and my path in life and how I got here was due to exposure, exposure with traveling, exposure to different conversations. If I weren't exposed to these things, then I would likely be a completely different person. Right, <laughs> right. As, I mean, We all can say that, right? It just And so when you're exposed to those right conversations and what's actually happening on the other parts of the world, it then helps to open your mind up to things and what your potential is. And so not only with the brand, can we be inclusive of conversation, but also the action, So now after we talk about it, how do we actually do this, right? Because it's one thing to say, here, here's a brand new car. But if I'm 16 and I've never driven a car, then what good is it for me to have this beautiful car? If I don't know that when you get in, you got to use the signal light so you don't cause cause a crash or, you know, so now we're all coming together to say, hey, this is how you actually use this car. Right.
0: Right. Thank you for that. And one thing that I love on your website, and I think this is an offering you have for um, people who go to your website is something that's called make adjustments, not excuses. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think this directly applies to being inclusive and inclusivity. Um, And what you're talking about is you can have the conversation and it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation around race sometimes. And especially if you're an ally, um, or you're attempting to be an ally, um, it, I, I said when this was all happening, it's not, uh, the emotional labor, uh, to put on people of color to educate you about what's going on right. in the world. Like you have to take those actions. And I think the statement make adjustments, not excuses is So perfect for that because it really is like through those conversations that you're having, you are opening up the doorway for people to make adjustments, Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: have change happen in their lives. And I think that's the goal of a lot of these conversations. It's not easy. Um, I know we're talking specifically about conversations around race, but, um, Making adjustment and not excuses. How does that look like when you're working with your students? And you know, how does that look like in your world?
1: Absolutely. You know, a lot of I'm sure we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it too at times, making excuses. Oh, I can't lose that last ten pounds because I'm going on vacation. Oh, you know, I can't (laughs) certain things, and I can't make a million dollars because. I don't have a good enough product or, you know, but those are all excuses because then at the end of the day, if you don't, if you don't feel your product is good enough, then you make the adjustment so that the product is good enough. Right. If you don't feel you can lose your last 10 pounds because you're traveling then make those adjustments so that you are food prepping, you are watching what you're eating on vacation. And so with my students and my members, I always say, and I think Marie Folio actually coined this term, but everything is figure outable, right? Right. Yeah. That's essentially what it is at the end of the day if you want to accomplish a result or a goal or create something no matter how big or how small it is there's no excuse you just got to find a way to get it done even if you have to make certain adjustments like in your habits um, who you hang out with your environment make those adjustments so that you can keep going and make it happen and so, yeah,
0: I'm curious where this has shown up in your business and in your life. Where have you made excuses and and where have you had to make adjustments?
1: Yeah, so okay. so actually leaving my ten year career and uh, stepping full time into entrepreneurship is where one of the biggest things I would say where it was, don't make an excuse, make an adjustment. And so in two thousand uh, October twenty eighteen is when I actually like made the declaration like okay. I'm doing this, like it's happening. And, but I didn't actually leave until September, 2019. So it took me a whole year to do it because of a bunch of things. But in that moment, October, 2018, I didn't have a idea for how I was going to make money every month at that time. Like I was making money. I had income coming in because at the time was pretty passionate. We were only doing experiences. So we would do hikes, we would do conversations. And so at that rate i would have to do like 15 experiences a month if not more to sustain my life which is insane and so 2018 october i could have easily made an excuse like well you don't have anything to actually make money you can't really do this like you know uh who like you're making this is your dream job you know this is what you wanted to do or you don't have an a a strategy or anything i could have made any excuse but in that moment i said you know what this is what I want. I created the vision for what I wanted my life to look like. And then I said, I just got to figure it out. So I had to make adjustments. If that's cutting back with my spending, you know, if that's not going out on the weekends because I'm like, I need to sit here and work on my plan, I need to sit here and work on my business. And so that's one of the biggest ways where I would say I had to make a lot of adjustments. You know, it's a saying, I forgot who said this quote, but it was like, uh, basically, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's you will sacrifice for a number of years so that you can live in the long run, right? Like you kind of will do things right yeah. now. That most, like it would. I think it's do things now that most people won't do so that later you can do things most people can't do, yeah. right? And so that was very true for me in 2018 up until when I, actually up until maybe June of 2019 where I was like doing some things that maybe most people won't do so that later I could leave full time thrive in my business and still sustain my lifestyle, so.
0: Yeah. What did that look like when you did leave? How was that process for you?
1: Yeah, you know, that process, and and it's so interesting. So that process was very interesting. And that's actually the framework for the LEAP program, for the eight-week program, because it wasn't until the last couple of months up until September is where I actually put like a strategy, but up until a huge chunk of that time, it was a lot of mindset work. It was a lot of the personal development work. It was a lot of the praying. It was a lot of the meditation, connecting with myself, being like sane, finding balance because I still had a high demanding job at the same time, Right. you know, that I had to, uh, to maintain while also building a business, while also trying to overcome my own fears. You know, I had tons of fears. All of my life, all I knew was working for someone else. And as I grew up, you know, I went to college. They say, go to college, get a good job make a good salary and I've checked all the boxes, but here I am now like, okay, you've done all of that. And now you're gonna do something different. This is completely
0: going. Well, we're wired, (laughs) we're hardwired to do the step-by-step because that's what our parents did or our grandparents and society in general, there's a narrative there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I come from a background where I was the first one on my mom's side to go to college. And so it was something that was very, um, it was a big deal to go on that path. Yeah. And so it's hard to step away from that when, yeah. there's so, when you've invested so
1: much. Absolutely. And for me, I would say it was definitely, so my decision to leave was largely because I, I felt a call. I felt a call in my spirit that what I had learned for these last 10 years, it's now time for me to do something bigger with that and, and make it a bigger impact. Because I was, honestly, I was fine. I could have, just stay there, you know, made the money, continued to go on vacations. It wasn't, I, you know, and a lot of times when people leave, they take the, the leap of faith, if you will, or they leave their jobs and they go to entrepreneurship. A lot of times we hear those stories because those people, their backs are up against the wall, yeah. right? I have no other choice. Or maybe they were fired or laid off and they just like, oh, I don't know what to do. Or they're like in a desperate state but I tell all my students and my uh, members that you don't want to go into entrepreneurship from a desperate place. That's one of the the worst things I think that you can do. You want to be able to go on terms of having peace with it, having excitement for it, having a sense of clarity with it, and having a sense of feeling like I've done all I can with this with with this right here. Now it's time for me to go on to this next level of my life because you set yourself up to win when you leave from that place. And we talk a lot about how to get to that place because we have a lot of people who are in a desperate place and they're like, I just gotta get out. So I work with them on how you can get to that place and then, you know, how to how to kind of leave there. But um so I had to do a lot of the internal work.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I was fearful (laughs) I was still fearful up until June and the amazing thing I remember this I will never forget it so my dad is actually an entrepreneur and I remember talking to him when I first decided that I was going to do it and I was like I don't know like when should I do it should I leave and he he said you'll just know he was like don't make any hasty decisions he was like you'll just know you'll feel a sense of calmness and peace in your spirit and you'll just know that it's time I'm like okay and I'm like this sounds like a very like okay (laughs) (laughs) cool thanks for that (laughs) thanks for that (laughs) And sure enough, this is maybe like five months later, I just knew. Like, I literally woke up and I was like, this is the day. This is the day. Isn't that
0: so annoying, though? Like, honestly, like, where people tell you that and you're like, oh, of course. Like, yeah
1: right and you know and and, and I, ha- I had like a level of peace there and again because i am very spiritual i started to see the signs and i would you know i would pray and i would ask just the signs like and so it it was a it was actually a build up so it wasn't like one day i was like oh my god i'm terrified and then next day i was like oh this is it, it wasn't that yeah it up and a lot of internal work that had to happen with praying and stuff um but once that happened like that transition of fear and then like okay and then i was like all right
0: yeah
1: I got a few other signs that kind of positioned me to say, you have to say it now, you know? So. Mm
0: -hmm. I love this. And I want to talk about you hearing a calling and like having that, because that has come up multiple times in multiple episodes of this show, um, where there's, we've been calling it the tap on the shoulder. Um, we've been calling it the calling uh, the hearing, the universe, like, um, there are, I feel like a lot of people that are going through that experience of hearing something more in their lives of, of just sitting there and being like, there's something different I want to be doing. Why do you think that is like, why do you think that people are paying more attention to that? And, um, cause I feel like a lot of people ignore it or, or it's maybe not aware, like the awareness is not there, yeah. but why do you think people are paying more attention to that and seeking people out like you?
1: Right. So I will say, first I'll start with saying all my life, I felt like I, I, I heard, or I felt like, okay, entrepreneurship, but I was always like, eh, later, later, later. Yeah. You know? And I talk about this a lot. Um, in one of the, this video, this video that I did, but I'm um, in my early twenties, I felt it. And I was like, Eh, not right now I'm this is like my dream job I'm doing internships I'm all in the city and I would not pay attention and that's when I started to do the the personal development work but I didn't take it so seriously right because it was like a battle between trying to be a 20 year old and like have fun but also trying to be like okay let me meditate and all of this stuff and then I then a few years would pass and I heard it again and I or felt it again and I was like uh, not right now so that's when I decided okay at some point I will go into entrepreneurship but I didn't put any thought I was like all right you know down the road and then I felt it again and this was right when I had got a promotion and I was like man like I got a promotion at work like not right now like this is crazy I don't know if I'm capable I'm not ready and then the last time it was is when I was like oh it's time and for me what made that moment so different from the others was because I was in a very, although I was, my circumstances at my current job weren't horrible, I started to feel uncomfortable with how things were going. And, you know, I would be literally be working from like 6am to like 12 midnight, you know, on weekends, traveling five, maybe like four different states in one week. And for a time that was fine, but I began to change. And I guess because of a person development work, and I was like, I want, more for my life you know I'm I'm working a lot and it's great and it's fun but I want to be doing more I want to be impacting more people I want to make more money or and not just for me but so that I can build more things so I can help more people you know and so Uh, in that moment when I felt the calling again or that movement again in my spirit, that's when I knew it was time because it matched up with me wanting more. At that time, the times before, I was okay with where I was. I was like, no, 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 I'm having a great time. But then when it matched up with me wanting more is when I was like, okay, now it's time. And I think To answer your question of a lot of people feeling that in the world right now, I strongly believe that with where we're going with this new normal and the shift that's happening in the world, a lot of people are being called to contribute to what this new normal is going to look like. What new world is going to look like, because as we know, and as we've seen over the last couple of months, nothing is certain right? Nothing is certain. Anything can be changed. And so now we have a lot of people rising up and bucking this idea of what society says is like supposed to be, you know, the house and the white picket fence. And it's like, well, no, what if that actually isn't it? And we can create the life that we want and we can create the society, the humanity that we want that's inclusive, you know, that isn't Uh, so segmented and so forth. And so uh, to to answer your question about the collective feeling, I think a lot of people, what a lot of us are holding inside of us, like our purpose um, is to contribute to where we're going.
0: Yeah, I I really appreciate that. And I love that. And I think it also has to um, do with that vulnerability component as well and people opening up to listening to that vulnerability and listening to what's going on and that story inside of them and seeing other people do it too, I think kind of creates this domino effect of, like you said, you're the first person to step up to volunteer or raise your hand. So now other people are feeling comfortable to do so.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, and like, that's the, the, the beauty about Pretty Passionate and like the membership platform is that you never have to do life and business alone again. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, We don't go into entrepreneurship because we're not sure how to do it, or maybe we don't have friends or anyone around us that has that has done it. But if it's like if you're a part of a community and you look to your left and you look to your right, and literally everybody is like trying to get to their next level, and they're inspired and they're motivated and they're working, you're naturally going to work and be inspired as well.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I I love that, and I love that you've created this community for people to feel inspired and supported. Cause yeah. I think that's so important. Um, well, Cara, where can people find you if they want to be connected with you and if they want to explore, uh, these moments with you?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. You can go to the website, which is prettypassionate.com and that's P R E T T I P A S S I O N A T E.com. And also on Instagram. So I am on Instagram at Cara Sharice as in Cat A-R-A-S-H-E-R-I-C-E. And also Instagram of uh, Pretty Passionate is on there as well. So it's live L-I-V-E Passionate, Pretty Passionate.
0: Beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. I have had such a beautiful time talking with you about your journey and your approach um, to creating the life that you want. And I just so appreciate you being here and lending your time to share your story and your experience with people, because I think it's really, really important that we hear from people like you. So thank you for being here. And I'm just so grateful for your time.
1: Thank you for having me. This was amazing. And um, yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah,
0: you you too. If you want to find the growing women podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at growing women pod. Um, we are on Apple podcast, SoundCloud and on YouTube. Um, and thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Your story matters, your voice matters and keep sharing and keeping vulnerable. And we will see you on the next episode of the growing Women podcast. Cara, thank you so much.